Because I don't take cream. Ugh, these euphemisms are not going well. I, since you don't take cream, what, what are you doing to that poor coffee? So, look, I want to drink it right away, but it's black. So what do you do? And you don't want to use cream. I put cold water, just like so. Okay. See? Now you have watery, lukewarm coffee. No, it's not lukewarm. Because they make it. They make coffee. By they, I mean the man. They make it too hot. Yes, they always have the the burner turned up too much on the coffee. So, now I've got my black coffee. I actually had sugar, but that's a secret. I was about to tell you. No. Well, it's still black, even with sugar, right? Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat. And I'm Mike. And, and boy, boy, do, do we, we have, have a show for you. Happy New Year! <laughs> you ran the Twenty twenty one even. Oh yeah. Goodbye twenty twenty. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. So great that we made it. I'm so happy to be here. Mike. You're not on the mic. I'm doing it deliberately. I'm <laughs> oh, stepping all right. back to get it's for effect. I'm it is. I, okay. Wait, when I step back from the mic, it's deliberate. It's for effect. I forgot okay. you're a semi-professional musician. Yes, you know, you got to know when. Like, you ever watch a back background singer, and as soon as they're about to belt, they step back from the yeah. mic. Yeah. Ah, like dead. Yeah. Boom. Their equipment's probably better than ours, but no whatever. way. <laughs> um, so welcome, 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 and a yeah. happy, happy new year. Yeah, this is very weird. Wow, I'm having a flashback. I just, I just <laughs> trying to get it all out in the beginning. Uh, so and Alvin and the Chipmunks were never a part of my youth. The Christmas song, yes, but I didn't know they had a New Year album follow up. I did. I, I didn't <laughs> Apparently, know that they did. It's always hard when that to make that second record it and have it hit just as high as the first, like, right? It, agreed, agreed. I mean, there, there's very few bands who, who on their second record, it, it's almost as good or better. Like, uh, not Pearl, uh, Pearl Jam was did, did a pretty good job with that, and um, Are we demolishing the rest of the building around us. It, it, it's the apocalypse here uh, by the studio. By the way, um, everything is closing. My business is mm. really struggling. All the businesses around us are struggling and or out of business. But um, we're still hopeful for the new year. I, the, the bar's staying open, I take it. It seems that way. Yeah. But um, they said that nobody, that everybody was closed. John the Can Man checked in with me Yeah. And uh, today. Haven't seen him in a few days. Yeah, he's, well, it was his birthday on Christmas. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, it's... it's on a, Christmas? Yeah, it's a sad thing. Fuck. I gave him a Rangers hoodie. Oh, that was nice of you. Because I don't think he's got any family even calling him. Ugh. But... Um, yeah, man, I went to go get bagels Christmas morning for the family, um, and he was sitting outside in one of those, the chairs outside, you know, the bagel place. The one in town? Out of town, in east. Okay. Uh, yeah, in yeah. East of town. East of town. Northeast right? of town. Where, where yes. I, I have a zip code. So, um, I saw him, and he was, you know, he had nowhere to sleep, and I... Ugh. I said, happy birthday. Merry Christmas, John, you know? And he's like, who, what? And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. And that's, it's the most, but, you know, he woke up and, and I've, I've seen him since then. He's, he's as fine as he's going to be. And that's right. the way, um, I don't know. He's not, doesn't, he's not using. That's the most amazing thing about this guy. Like I would, de- if like I was cut off, mm-hmm. and, you know, like he is from his family and, you know, I probably wouldn't have the strength that he has to remain sober. He's gotten it into his head that no matter how fucked up things are, using would make it worse. And he knows it. Like, yeah. it's not even a question. Anytime we talk, he doesn't talk recovery, like, at all. Like, no. very, he's not one of those, he just, like, I don't know, I gotta ask him about it, because it's very curious, like, where he got that, like, he was this bad crackhead for I so know. long. And then, Crack nine years ago... Yeah. You know, um, but interesting to get him on, but uh, enough about that. That would be interesting. I know. I was thinking that. Um, um, how did your Christmas go? Like, uh, I know you were shooting for a special gift for. Yeah. 
we yeah. got it. It it actually we watched it sit in a warehouse in New Jersey for seven days right. up to Christmas Eve, and uh, Christmas Eve at three o'clock it mysteriously appeared on our doorstep. Wow! I got actually got an email from the guy on eBay who ripped ripped us off. Nice guy, solid snake too. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> he ripped you off. I thought you no. Well, I mean, you know. Well, yes, he made more money. He, he didn't make any more money off of you than any other right. reseller exactly. is doing. So. Uh, you know, I, I don't hold it against him. I mean, you know, if you, if you have the wherewithal to, to put that kind of thing together and get a bunch of those at home, you make some money off it. It's fine. You know, I, I don't have any issue. But what, what I thought was quite nice was Solid Snake 2 was also nervously checking the... Uh, Solid Snake. <laughs> Do you know what that's a reference to? No. A video game, but I digress. Is it? Going, yeah. Way over my head. Yes. Um, he was also following the, the package and he was all, you know, once it moved out of New Jersey, he sent me an email like, Hey man, it's on, it's on its way to you. Make sure someone's home to sign for it. I was like, well, that's nice. Nice of you. Thank you. Solid snake too. Um, but it was good. I mean, we also got bagels Christmas morning, but I went yeah. to Syosset. I mean, ugh, that other town up the road. <laughs> Why did you go there? Bagels are better. Which? Bagel master. I've heard that. I, I don't know if I. I'm just setting the timer. And, and COVID doesn't, apparently doesn't exist in the bagel store because I went in there and you know how, I don't know if you, those of you from, not from the Northeast or from the New York area probably don't wait on 25 minute lines to buy, to buy bagels where you're from quite reasonably, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, but they have the usual scene, the line out the door and you get in there and it's like hot and humid and people smell like they haven't taken a shower because yeah. they haven't, they're just stumbled around <laughs> getting bagels. Uh, but it was good. I mean, the kid, the kids, um, the kids got a ridiculous amount of shit that they didn't need. And yep, uh, every, too. Yeah, everybody was happy. Uh, my wife's present still in the works, but, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. It was Christmas. Everybody stayed sober. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, that's what I kept telling well, myself. Yeah. My wife too, actually. She didn't drink. I don't remember, which yeah. means that it was a non-issue, as it usually is. And that's that's what I'm noticing. Alcohol is becoming uh, a non-issue in my life in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, it's an issue because we're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> so there's an issue. This is our meeting. This is it. Well, this is my meeting. And mm-hmm. I was talking to someone else. I can't remember who. And um, I was saying, you know, New Year's resolutions. I, I really want to get to actual meetings. I would love to go. Um you know, I know there's a lot of Zoom stuff. I just hate Zoom meetings. I, I don't like it. Zoom anything is um, just, uh, it's... It's a dry hump. It's like kissing um, your sister. It is. Yeah. Um, so, in any case, um, I don't remember where I was going with that, but um, getting to meetings. <laughs> oh, not drinking is it's a non-issue. Yeah, you know, we, we had a very nice Christmas. It was very low-key. We rotated our, our parents in at different hours. Yes, we did that too. You know, so they swung by and... We were you know. the we were the roving we were the roving group. I, you know, one thing I'm noticing is alcohol is no longer an issue an issue, or is because I'm not drinking it. Um, <laughs> that that helps. Nobody else was causing a scene like that. <laughs> right, exactly. I, so exactly. a lot of you know the, the calm that's being experienced in these last several Christmases is 100 uh, percent due to me like drunk net not being there. Um, yes. High nets even worse. Yeah. Drunk I mean, and high is. I just I used to like, you know, not look forward to parts of Christmas. You know, I mean, I I like Christmas, right? I like the kids having a great time and all that, but I would always think like, oh shit, I got to pace myself on Christmas Eve because I'm gonna have to get up at the ass crack of dawn on Christmas yeah. Day and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to wake up on Christmas morning without a hangover. It yeah, really is. I I totally agree, and I have the. The last few years have really, and even the years where I wasn't sober, really, where I was doing recovery, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sober, but still I wasn't allowed to drink in my home. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a few Christmases I had before I, I got sober that I actually deliberately didn't drink or do drugs mm-hmm. just to sort of, but anyone who knows that when you're not really uh, recovered, those periods of abstinence don't make you like sober. No. You're just... Yeah, waiting for the next right thing yeah. and um, patiently checking the watch, so but, to speak. Yeah, I mean, I noticed how much I was really, really just trying to appreciate the moments, you know, where I can, you know, there's like a little things for me, like the fact that I can, if I if I need to go buy something last minute, 
I can just go do it. And yeah. I don't hear, my wife isn't like, oh, what's he really doing? Mm. And I'm really just going straight to one thing and coming back and just kind of, you know, not being under the gun for being a bastard because I haven't been a bastard in a really long time. And it took a very long time to get my relationship to a place where my wife doesn't assume every word out of my mouth is a lie, you know, and now it is that a is, huge hurdle. That is good. That is good. I, I did not really suffer from that now. No. Yeah, you did. I, I did years ago, right. but, um, still it's, it's a, it's just a self, self pride and self worth yeah. thing. Really. I feel good about it, you know, and then I begin to analyze the little things like, Oh, the CBD thing. Am I really, is this really getting, am I really just getting high? Is this just me making an excuse? Am I, and the more I analyze it, the more, uh, I don't think it's really a problem other than the fact that I'm talking about it. <laughs> you know, well, you're, you brought it up for a reason and I'm, I'm holding these yeah. blue Raz Delta eight CBD gummies in my, not to advertise for yeah, this company, great. whoever the hell they are. Don't worry, I, I don't know. Invoice. I've certainly not taken any more of these of yeah. CBD gummies, but here, here they are. Well, so with the, with the Delta eight, um, cause I've been, as I'm a pharmacist, as you know, mm. and so I've been trying Aren't a lot. Aren't we of, all amateur pharmacists? <laughs> those of, those of us who have had experience with chemicals. Yes. One of my goals in my life is to figure out a way to sleep through the night and not take addictive drugs. Um, mm. I've tried it naturally. I've tried it for a long time uh, in different ways. And I'm, I'm not against going back and trying another, uh, a completely, uh, so, you know, abstinent approach, but I, I have a mix of like melatonin gummies that I take and then, um, that and like valerian root. And then I once, since I've added Delta eight, uh, gummies, uh, to just the sleep time, I am able to sleep through having to pee. So to get very, well, which is important in the middle ages, it is. And that's one of those things. Look, it's very like what I found with the Delta eight is that I really can't take it during the day because I, it does space me out a little bit. I'll, just like, I don't know, anything that makes you tired just will space you out. In my experience, it mimicked the, uh, what dementia would look like, uh, <laughs> yeah, wandering yeah. around the rooms of your house, not knowing why you went in them. Right. It's so a, it definitely such a fun drug. It's weird. It, 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 so. I can only really take it to sleep, but it really, really helps me sleep. And that's been a huge thing. You could so, probably lose the valerian root and the, yeah, maybe. And the melatonin. Well, see, so since I'm experimenting on myself, I have to like, remember what I was, I was like, all right, I'll take this one out. Like, yeah, the valerian gummy thing, I can put that aside. Because, you know, this is not CBD. It's Delta 8. It's THC. THC CBD. It's, the, it's a whole it's full spectrum. They include that in the CBD for some reason. It's not just... Maybe. Yes, that's what caught me unawares. The yeah. fact that they included it. <laughs> yeah. It's a little extra. Right. A little... little uh, yes, Delta yeah. 8 THC. Look it up. Um, or not. It helps me... <laughs> well, look. You guys don't have to. It helps like, me to sleep and yeah. it, it doesn't ruin my life, so I feel good about that's it. That's fine. Um, and um, uh, wait, I was going somewhere with this. Um, so the other thing, last thing I was thinking about Christmas is meeting the moment. And um, just looking back on how spectacularly I have failed in the past uh, at, like, meeting the moment. Just, like, your dad in this house, and do you do, the like, what's expected of you and more? Did you exceed expectations? Are you doing all those things, being the best person you can be in a stressful time? And I felt like I, I met the moment, and I, I feel good about it. Excellent. And every year... In the past, looking just comparatively speaking, it's just a miracle. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you met the moment. Met the moment. I feel like I met the moment. I think we all met the moment. Um, and how did you do out there, guys? Reach out to us. Tell us how your how your yeah. Christmas or holiday gathering went. Um, yeah, we'd love to. Uh, how did you get through it without drinking? You know that this is a, one of the hardest things. A lot of people didn't go anywhere, so it was right. easy to drink. But well, in some ways, it might have been harder. That's a good point. Uh, pandemic drinking has been on my mind lately because there seemed to be a lot of articles that popped up. And I saw one in the New York Times that I was going to save for a uh, uh, recovery in the news, but now that I just totally forgot about it. That's the one I alluded to in the last episode oh, yeah. that I was going to save for this week, but and then didn't because we have something else. But, um, you know, it... it <laughs> The Times was sort of did this story on how people were drinking during the pandemic, and um, 
I mean, the whole pandemic drinking business seemed really weird. It seems like anytime there's an available space for alcohol to be used, like a pandemic mm. or, um, you know, whatever. It, uh, to me, a pandemic year. sounds like an <laughs> excuse. I mean, I, and I don't mean to judge, right? Because l- look at me sitting here with my year and change sobriety, judging people for drinking during the pandemic. But, um, uh, I mean, nobody questions that whether or not alcohol should be something that people are availing themselves of during the pandemic. There was the, the whole focus of this article that I was looking at was like how people can cut down now that the pandemic, now that there's a vaccine. And I'm thinking that it's kind of silly because, you know, once you, once you start down that road, it's going to be kind of hard to just sort of pull, yeah. pull the nose up before you crash into the ground. There's you know? going to be a lot of people finding that put the, putting that plug in the jug isn't as easy as they thought it yeah. would be. You're going to have to hold AA meetings and coliseums. Sure. I mean, once your body starts to get used to having that, you know, every time you get anxious because you don't, you know, you're nervous because of this pandemic right. or that, something that happened. It's yeah, just, that's your coping mechanism. You're retraining right. your, you know. I mean, you can say, you know, use meditation instead, but most, most people aren't, I guess, aren't really wired that way. It's hard to do meditation. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- when I was doing it during the pandemic, I really I was trying because I wasn't drinking. And it was at the beginning when it was super stress time and I didn't drink. But I was very stressed out, and I I, uh, I started using um, that um, popular meditation app, that Headspace. Oh yeah, and I was I was up to fifteen minutes a day. It's guided, you know. I wasn't, you know, I'm listening to a guy walk you through it, but that's what I needed. It's sort of like beginner's mm-hmm. meditation. Yeah, I, I encourage everybody to I check out great. Headspace. It's, it, it's yeah. great. It like, really and I great felt app. like relaxed. It, it's almost like I took a Delta 8 gummy. I just feel good. <laughs> I felt relaxed, ready to go. Right. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, it's like they, they grab a martini. Instead. Well, that's easier, yeah. right? It's yeah. easier to just. Um, but I mean, let's let's. The pandemic doesn't force anybody to drink. No, right? nobody is. I mean, a, a, holding external a forces do not force you to behave in a certain way. No, it's it's all all about your the coping mes- mechanisms that you have or have not developed. I think right. Uh, so it's, it's how do you me- cope with stress? Mental health related more than it is. I don't know. Um, I've personally f- found the pandemic to be an asset to my sobriety. Oh yeah. And, and I hate to say anything positive about this because of the amount of suffering that so many people have gone through. Right. But for me, whose problematic drinking was mostly centered around work, work functions and conferences and all and the like, um, the fact that none of those existed made it extremely easy for me Mm -hmm. to not, you know, so the question is what, what happens when things go back to normal? I'm honestly a little nervous about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a few practice attempts when I stopped drinking and at the um, end of the summer in 2019, mm-hmm. that, that next three months, I went to a bunch of conferences and it was fine. Right. And once I got past the first couple, um, but it's going to be very different you mm. know, going back. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. What you're doing right now is you're building and I think you used this word scaffolding. Did you use that? I love that word. If I didn't, I should have. It's a good word. You're building a scaffolding where, and and within that scaffolding, you're building up your sobriety. And what that means is you've got a sober network that you didn't have in the same way before. Correct. You have, uh, you talk to me, you can put it out on the show. You can Mm -hmm. get involved on our Facebook page discussions or, you know, over the last, since the pandemic, you've probably like me increased your consumption of podcasts and audio books. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so doing that, that's, that's a, a sober scaffolding that can help prop you up when you get back into situations, mm-hmm. you know, so in a lot of ways you're kind of like building up sober right. points in your bank in it so that when you finally get back to one of those old scenarios, you've got a tool, you know, and the most crude of all is you have my phone number. That's right. right. That, and that it's crude, but it's like, you know, you really want to take a, a hammer to a nail and, and nip it in the bud make a phone call. Um, yeah. If you're a little less than that, you shoot a tech, whatever it is, but you know, you have well, to avail yourself of all the tools that you've developed. Well, what's the old, uh, AA expression? Your disease is out there doing pushups, sitting in the parking lot doing right. pushups. Right. So, so you need to, you need to hit the gym yourself. Uh, yeah. You some know. people hate that expression, yeah. but I, I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't if, love it. As but long I, as we're using sense. Uh, analogies, then you know, building scaffolds. Uh, or how about you know. if nothing changes, nothing changes. 
I, I love those sayings where it's just the same thing said twice with a different inflection. Yeah. Like, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. It's harder and the person's got to be looking at you to really drive it home. Or the other one is uh, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> right. you think of how, how many different, you know, AA sayings can we make up just saying the same thing twice? Yeah. You know, do oh. I want to drink? Do right. I want to drink? <laughs> Like, you're saying the same thing in a different, more, you know. Well, and that that <laughs> reminds me that you uh, you gifted me with uh, the sarcastic uh, oh, yeah. big book. This was a funny thing. Yeah, and uh, I, I read about two-thirds of it, I'd say. You did? I didn't even, yeah. I looked through it a little bit, oh, I'm like, I better read this. this I mean. Is, is it good? Like, what I, is it? I, I want to get that guy and be like, show me where on the doll AA hurt you, because he's definitely very, um, he, has, he has some very sarcastic bitter uh experiences and yeah he's an interesting character it's his name isn't actually clay something but uh it's a pseudonym i heard him on amy dresner and joe shrank's podcast oh really um they interviewed him that's where i heard about the book i would love to listen to an interview with that guy you, well rehab confidential um it's one of our sister podcasts we could call it one of our buddies um they just had him on and he's really an AA big book thumper. Is he? For the past like 25, 30 years. And he made this sarcastic big book. It's sort of like his way of dissing people who are doing AA wrong in his mind. Okay. That makes sense because I could not, because some of his stuff was really straight down the middle AA all the way. And he's then, really an AA guy just using humor and sarcasm to okay. drive home certain things he thinks are wrong with AA, people who are doing it wrong. Like oh, People see. who go and just vomit their problems and don't actually yes. work steps. He and, seemed extremely... You know, um, the program isn't... <laughs> against yeah. people who are very self, self-absorbed. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like um, the idea is to be, you know, completely... Um, to give yourself into the actual steps, not hmm. just, you don't just go, you know, don't drink and go to meetings is not the program, right? I see. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm reading it wrong. Cause I thought, man, this guy fucking hates AA, but no, but no it's, you got to listen to that interview so you, you can, if you sort of, yeah. Okay. So he's calling it out. It's a very inside baseball book. Yeah. You know, I think you have that, to really, maybe that's why I'm, I'm missing the, you the, didn't spend enough time in the room. I, apparently not. No. Uh, you haven't been traumatized by, uh, a dozen years. Of, <laughs> no, you I'm know. just traumatized by, you know, 90 days. Plenty of um, trauma. I've been... Yeah. So that way, before we go on... Yes. Unless you had something super important. No, I was going to move on to... Don't move on yet. Okay. Here's why. So we had a funny thing because I got you that book and it was a little bit awkward because you were like, I thought... I didn't know we were doing gifts. Right. And this is funny because... Um, <laughs> so let me tell you the story of why I got it for you. For one thing, I'm happy to get you a gift for Christmas, right. but... Yeah, I was getting it myself and I just got, I'm like, I should get two and just give one to Mike for Christmas. And that, that's why it's all that is much thought okay. went into it. <laughs> and then I Thank had you. it and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awkward if I give him a present. I'm like, whatever. And I, I saw, I wrote inside. Yeah. It. That was even more awkward. I, yeah, I, I, d- I documented it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, uh, I didn't know. I'm looking around the house. I'm like, what can I stuff can in this I mailbox? <laughs> no. So I didn't do that to create an awkward scenario. Okay. And, and, and yes, we didn't, Agree to give each other. Okay, use. I know. But it was just but you're a, a better person because you I, think like that. I'm a much better person. <laughs> I, 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 I will just, take it. Uh, I feel bad. So points for me for being okay. great. Um, we got Little Christmas January 6th, so you can. Oh, okay. I like myrrh. I'll give me some myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that cheaper than frankincense? I don't know. It's cheaper than gold. Cheaper than gold for sure. So, so you were going to say. I was going to say. Dry you, January. Well, New Year's resolutions. Do you have yes, any? Yes, let's do that. Okay. Tell me yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do differently or at all? Well, you know, this is this is interesting because I, I asked Aaron the other day, like, what are your New Year's resolutions? Because I always have like a sort of inchoate bunch of them swirling around the back of my head, right? right. Me too. Like I'm going to exercise more, even though I exercise a lot, but <laughs> I want to do too. it more. I want to get my diet under control. I want to, you know, increase my... Um, meditation, that kind of stuff, you know? And, and I asked Aaron, like, what are your new year's resolutions? Like, "Ah, I don't have any. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just fine. I'm like, you know what? That's to me, that's maybe that's the, that's the way to go. Or maybe that's the problem. Maybe you ought to be, maybe she should like, is she so perfect that there's nothing she wants to change? She is cool. But why put all that? She's awesome. She is cool. But why put all that unnecessary stress on yourself and set yourself up for failure? You know? Well, I mean, isn't that, and should you make like, I'm not going to drink a resolution, should you? Should you? Why not? Sure. 
because most I mean, resolutions. For me, I like that one. Yeah. Well, okay. For her, but I mean, your commitment precedes January first. It does. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, are you setting yourself up for failure by saying, "My New Year's resolution in 2021 is I'm not going to drink"? No, you're not. What you're doing is setting a goal for yourself. So you're setting an intention. So, right? You know, okay. and it, so it's like many, here's a, a famous, a famous, not famous. It's a, a fortune cookie I got, and <laughs> this is fortune cookie wisdom. Fortune cookie wisdom. Many a false step is made by standing still. Mm. Aha. Right. So, um, <laughs> what was that? Aha. <laughs> is that the ra- Rabbi Nat? That's that's the guy. Uh, the waiter comes over to your table He says there's a problem with the soup He oh. says taste the soup What's wrong with the soup He says to the waiter Taste the soup The waiter says What's wrong with the soup The guy says Taste the soup The waiter says But there's no spoon Aha Okay I like it That was oh, Jesus So in any case First, uh, first show The new year We need to do more I'm editing. off my game uh, So that's okay, Where we are So, so no, you're not setting yourself up a failure. You're giving yourself something to shoot for. And by the very nature of your amorphous uh, globule like proclamations, I kind of want to maybe meditate more. Mm-hmm. Doing stuff like that won't help at all. You have to set <laughs> okay. a specific yeah. goal, right? right? And that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, I'm not just going to say, oh, I'm going to try and not vape. I have to say to myself, set myself up for failure, right? And say, mm-hmm. don't vape. We have to set ourselves up for failure. And of course, we have to, in order to succeed. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I said, okay, I'm going to become a vegetarian this year. I've been a vegetarian before. Yeah. And then yesterday I just, I'm like, I had toothache, so I ordered sushi because it's easy to chew. So a pescatarian. So I, I, and that too. So I, I immediately failed my New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm already vaping. I, I get it. <laughs> that doesn't mean there isn't like something. I just think maybe there should be a, a more, I don't know, a more broad concept of not, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're trying to stop using drugs or drinking, maybe just saying it as an, it's a New Year's resolution isn't the way to go. Because I look at these things like dry January. I look at the 30-day challenges. And I think they're great. I think a dry January is great. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't have in the back of your head that February February 1st, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to get drunk, right? (laughs) Because, you know, nobody, who's doing a dry, do people do dry January because they're comfortable with their relationship with alcohol? Like, do you, why do you feel like you need a month off from drinking? Yeah. If you're drinking so much, I mean, maybe it's just a, a chance to get people in the door to sobriety. Well, great. So it, it, this is an opportunity to do, you know, for you to jump, you know, both feet into recovery. And maybe what happens is the people who ever started this, they could just be trying to lure, you know, potential members of uh, recovery groups out. You well, know, even Annie Grace does it when she has her alcohol challenges and yeah. so on. And she, and she, you know, does it hide the ball even more because she doesn't say that you have to stop drinking or anything right away. You just have to kind of, you know, show up for the challenge. Such a free hit is first. Right. Just take it. <laughs> you might like it. I'll see you tomorrow. You um, get your recovery. So I guess whatever gets you in the door is okay. It just seems to me that that's one of those deals where if you put an end point. Okay. You know, but at some point you have to have a measure for success. So where. Success is not drinking anymore. Okay. So what's wrong with making a resolution or a whole month I don't to, know. to get in the door? Know. You're just being crotchety. I, I, I think I am being crotchety because, you know, there's a 31st day after a 30-day challenge. And I remember from my own perspective, Ooh, you know. I like that. I always, I, I remember. It's always a 31st day. Any time, the, the million times that I did 30-day challenges, it was, it was always because I knew in the, I could do it because I knew in the back of my head on that first day of the the new month, yeah. I could drink. You could drink. And I invariably yeah. did. I don't know. I think it's a good way to get people sort of like trying it out. And one of a few things, if, if they actually try it, a couple things could happen. They could find that, wow, this is, I feel great. I never want to drink again. Or they could say, my life sucks. I really wish I was drinking. And then they'll mm. drink themselves, you know, almost to death. And then they'll get recovery, you know. So, is a month enough time to, to get get that perspective the way i remember getting 30 days um and i have a lot of 30 day chips believe me i got 30 days many times mm-hmm. I, I i keep finding them in my house there's like aa coins <laughs> everywhere there is probably one aa coin per 
per Lego. <laughs> wow. In my ha- there's that many you AA have two coins. kids, so um, it's a lot of Lego. I tried a lot. I did the walk of shame a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but th- after 30 days, I, I had a pretty good idea that this is great. Like I feel great. Of course, then it would relapse on day 31. So yeah, it's a double-edged sword Set, setting yourself with some expectations. You're going to, you know, but look like one of my favorite sayings is you shoot for the sun. You might land on the moon. Well, why not one day at a time instead of 30 days at a time? Well, that's okay. So a lot of program talk, it gets kind of convoluted because on one hand, they're like one day at a time, one second at a time. And the other hand, they're like, how long do you have? <laughs> and it's like, um, right. I have one day. And then they're like, oh, why? You're not counting because you relapsed. And it's like, no, Dick, I'm taking it one day at a time. Just like, you fucking told me to. But then you get something like smart recovery, which tells you right at the beginning, you have to make uh, a commitment to never drink again and see that as if you fail at that as a, as a big deal. That's fucked up. That's, I don't know. It is a big decision to make, right? Because yeah, but that, that, half measures avail us nothing, right? Why would you ever make somebody commit to something that crazy? That's like, I, I mean, I may be misrepresenting smart recovery, although I remember looking looking into it years ago and thinking, boy, that's a big step to make, you know? Yeah. No big changes in the first uh, <laughs> first year. It's too many fucking, too many recovery programs the, swirling around in here. The, the pro- yeah, I know. The problem with <laughs> making no big changes in the first year is that step three is turn your life and your will over to a God of your new understanding. Right. That's the biggest change you'll ever make. I mean, are you supposed to get through all the steps in a year because of, I got to go find an old people that I've offended? Yeah. And How about no relationships in the first year? Yeah. Um, forget it. I, I met a hundred new people. You know? yeah. <laughs> Every day is a new relationship. Like... Nobody is, uh, or stick with. How about, how about uh, don't judge anyone? And the next minute they're saying, stick with the winners. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll be Listen. here all week. Try the coffee. Yeah. Decaf and calf. <laughs> and that's all I've got for you, folks. Sorry. Have a great night. Tip your waitress. I did want to get back to Gabor Mate. We got interrupted. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you don't seem happy to do that. I love Gabor Mate. Gabor. And what's interesting is since I've, um, since, since I've read it, and have done a couple shows shows on it. I am now hearing his name everywhere. Yeah, right. Um, I'm Me reading. Too. It's weird. Yeah, because I, I I'm still downloading and and listening to addiction memoirs like it's my middle name, and um and I, I the last couple I heard Gabor Mate is referred to. So we almost finished. We did a couple of shows, mm-hmm. but the last one that I wanted the last portion of the book, and I feel like I'm a little far from reading it. So I hope I I can remember what the context was. <laughs> But Gabor ended up saying that there was a four-step process. Um, for what? F- to For getting uh, recovering clean, For recovering. Okay. And now, what does he mean by recovering? Does that just mean abstinence? Um, I don't know. You know what would be helpful? Do you remember the general concept of his book? Maybe we can, like, <laughs> set the table for the listeners if they haven't listened to those shows. Like The general re- the general concept for Gabor Mate and this is in the realm of, of recovery Ghosts, in the realm of hungry right, ghosts the book we're is that to. Um, is that trauma is is at the root of of all problems with substance abuse right some kind of trauma and addressing that trauma is necessary for recovery did I get that right. That that sounds like Scientology getting rid of the Thetans. The Thetans, the, that's right. The uh, spirits. Yeah. So it's, it's similar. Do you ever to get hooked up to one of those things? No. Oh, uh, yeah, me the either. Cans. But, yeah. It's um, interesting though because I spent a lot of time in Clearwater, Florida. Just a quick diversion. Yes. And Clearwater, Florida has basically the whole town has been bought by the Scientologists because that's um, wow. that's their world headquarters. So if you drive through Clearwater. Uh, to try and get to Clearwater Beach, which is where normal people are, uh, it looks a little like downtown Salt Lake City with everybody walking around like smiling. Uh, yeah, it's staring. It's, cre- it's pretty creepy. They all look happy. Joyous, and if you're a Scientologist and it brings you joy, and that's your higher power, God bless. More power to you. I just found it to be a little weird. But. You know, but um, anyway. I digress. Mate. <laughs> he, so he, he's a big. Uh, Big believer in that there's no DNA. You're not genetically yeah, predisposed yeah, yeah. to But be trauma does change your brain in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's been a very interesting read. I, I really like the voice that he brings to recovery. Uh, he was a doctor. He was um, 
And he comes up to, at the end of his book, like, okay, here's the problem as I saw it. Here's my experiences. And here's what my process that I think um, will work to get recovery. And it's a four-step process. And this first step is relabel. Maybe I'll read you the book. Relabel is one. Okay. Step two is reattribute or attribute. Step three is refocus. Mm-hmm. And step four is revalue. So just to recap, relabel, reattribute, uh, refocus, and revalue. So this is like a CBT kind of method of yes. changing CBT the way you is think. cognitive behavioral therapy. So step one, relabel. Uh, here's the quote is, I don't need X. I simply have an obsessive compulsive or a manifestation of addiction. So X being the drug or alcohol. I right. don't need it. I so, just have a thing. That's so you're relabeling right. what your relationship to the drug or alcohol right. is, right? Right, because he doesn't believe in physical addiction. He believes, right? Because he was he talked about the the Vietnam. He be, well, the Vietnam soldiers who came back were able to put down the heroin yes. e- easily, and yeah, cocaine, he, of course, is not a physically addictive drug. Yeah, he concedes that there you do get can get uh, physically dependent, but that. Basically, it is all in your uh, experience. Certainly, alcohol yeah. you can be physically yeah. dependent on. You can die from alcohol. Yeah, but his big point, like you said, is is changing thoughts and behaviors. You know, right in, with introspection. Okay, I think so. We're we're relabeling. Re relabeling. That, that is like classic cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Rela- my relate like how let's see did I do this so in my life instead of labeling having a drink as my feeling better I have labeled it as making it worse mm-hmm. like this is now not something that I look to for relief mm-hmm. um, it is now the, basically the enemy I have an obsessive impulse to do to drink even yeah. even though it's yeah, so you identify me it right. sort of like when you're you know, uh, if you're trying to get a demon out of someone who's possessed, you know, sometimes you find yourself, you know, doing um, an exorcism. As one does. And um, you have to, once you name the demon, you've right. seen this in movies, once you yeah. get the name, you own it, you control it. Right. So, so naming is naming is power. And, and Labeling that, is power. That goes back to, hello, my name is Nat and I'm an addict. Mm, um, right. You're naming it. You're, you're making, taking it from this amorphous idea of like, oh, it's, it's addiction and naming it it's me it's this addiction hmm. it's this disease so um to label it to meet your um meet your goals okay relabel it step two reattribute to explain your feelings um place the blame on your brain okay i like that i can blame my uh, brain for all sorts of things figure out the cause all right figure out the cause if i could do that i didn't need to recover i need recovery i wish i had written more notes when i wrote this outline um so what do you think that means reattributed to explain your feelings so maybe if you're thinking about why you're doing things right uh really so that's another introspection thing you're examining you know, why, why am I reaching? Why do I get this craving feeling trying to be present and like what just happened? Something stressful just happened and you all of a sudden got a craving. You've identified it and then you can deal with it if it comes back. When you were, when you were active, did, did it ever cross your mind that you needed to do anything like that? To, to like read? Did you, did you sit there wondering why? Like you were, absolutely. why did I put the, well, that fifth bottle of crack into the pipe? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, when you're regretting it, Sure. Why did right. I do it? Oh. Why did I do it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you knew, would it make a difference? That's that's my problem mm. with this step. I don't know that it makes a difference why. Um, but well, he says that this is If important. you've relabeled already and you're starting to think of it differently, then maybe it does matter. Yeah. Right. It's all part of controlling it, getting a handle on it, taking something that you, you don't understand and wrapping your mind around it. So this is sort of helping that figure out the cause. So step three is refocus. When you get a craving, do, tw- okay, this is, I love this one. When you get a craving, do 20 push ups or do something completely different quickly and deliberately. Wow. Um, I would have been a fucking monster if I did that. Choose, no, I know, choose not to use. So this is going back to like, that what is exercise? I don't know. The free want? What is that? I don't know. That free will? Or exercise a lot? Exercise. <laughs> I don't know what I meant there. Okay doesn't matter. So um, that's like what I was saying. When I was thinking mad things about people, I would immediately do a little prayer. So you're Mm -hmm. using diversion techniques. Like if you start to want uh, a drink, like what do you immediately do? Like what's your diversion? Like 
Um, I don't know. It's definitely not 20 push-ups. Um, no. <laughs> should be. It's a great idea. I usually just have a glass of water. Water helps. Yeah, get, getting past it. Yeah. For me, for me, getting past that craving, when I do get it, and it's been happening far less frequently. Less frequently. I, I, I wanted to drink a bit over the holidays here mm. and there. A couple. So what I did a couple times was I put, I got a couple nice um, whiskey glasses, filled them up with ice and ginger ale and threw a lemon peel in there and sat sipping it next to my wife who's drinking a glass of wine. And then, mm. you know, I felt like an adult. You know, That's I didn't cool. need to drink my drink out of a sippy cup anymore. And, I did yeah. my, uh, my, my new year's drink was I got grenadine and ginger ale. Oh, and what Shirley can you Temple. Make? I got a Shirley Temple. <laughs> so you had seven up to that too. Some people do seven up and, and, uh, okay. grenadine, but I just do ginger. Ale. And what I found out is grenadine actually is slightly a little bit of alcohol, <laughs> but it, they give it to kids. They call it a Roy yeah. Rogers. And, uh, yeah. I, and I was just looking at it. Apparently there's alcohol in grenadine, hmm. but it's so slight. I'm like, why even put it on there? Like bitters, like that amount? Like it's very low. Yeah. 1%. It's like two oh. proof or something. What's that? Somebody's calling me. Oh, I don't know. I, apparently I was hooked up to the board. I bet. I'll just let this, uh, I, why sometimes it lets me reject the call and sometimes not. All right, that should be the end. Refocus. All right, step four is revalue. Uh, this is the I have the most notes on this. What has been the real negative outcome of your addiction? So this is playing the tape. Right. You're playing the tape. What has been the outcome? Remind yourself how you don't want to go through this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really big one in this step. Salience attribution, that's a big word. Making addiction the top Body and mind priority. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes perfect sense because unless you get that shit under control, nothing else is working. Right. And that, that goes back to the what they say is anything you put above your recovery, you stand to lose. This is interesting. Assign the true value of your addiction, which is zero. You don't need or want it. and There's nothing redeeming about it. This is actually very similar to something they do in smart recovery, which is you... Um, you do something called a cost-benefit analysis, Yep. right? You've, you've heard of that? I did, You, you yeah. write down all the reasons why, all the good things that it brings you and then all the costs, and then you look at that, and if you're a rational person, right. you know, you, you should come to the conclusion that, you know, you shouldn't be doing it anymore because look at look at the cost versus It's the a big lose, yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. So revaluing. Hmm. Play the tape through, right. This is my favorite. Yeah. I always play the tape through, always. It's, it's important, you know, and... Um, I think, you know, it doesn't always, you know, work. Like, if I mean, ever since I started, do, like, it does help, but it's not everything. Like, if you don't have a good solid base, right. just playing the tape through it didn't help me until I was more logical. <laughs> I was able to, to step away from my impulse to use. Well, if you have a, if you develop a case of the fuckets, then the tape, playing the tape doesn't matter. No, you're like, you're just like, ah, fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. um, what do you do about the fuckets, though? The fuckets. You have to, for me, when I get the fuckets, I just, you know, if for some reason the idea to drink, I just try and guard against, I keep it very simple. Mm -hmm. I don't try to solve my existential crisis. Right. Like that second, what I do is I can, if the thought creeps in, like, man, I could just have a drink and that would, I immediately say, you know, tell myself, no, that's going to make it worse. Whatever negative feeling, whatever thing I'm going through this minute, whatever it is, if it's emotional, not drinking is, you know, the goal. Like I have to tell myself and convince myself if I don't automatically feel it, um, it's not going to help. Right. It's just going to hurt. So, you know, for me, that's just building it up so that now my immediate reaction is more negative towards mm. the use. Yeah. So the fuckets for me, I can have the fuckets and not relapse. That's, that's cool. Because what I would do or what I did in the beginning before I would go to a work, um, you know, party or whatever, um, where there was going to be a lot of carousing, I would steal myself in my hotel room and I would play the tape forward and I would also be like, no matter what, your primary focus tonight is to not put a drink into your body. And if that means you got to just walk around the room once, say hello yep. to everybody and disappear, then that's then what that's you're going to do. Right? Absolutely. Prior- prioritization. Yeah. And also, it, it, that, that's where the hungry, angry, lonely, tired shit comes in too, right? Because where's, where are the fuck it's coming from? Are you, you know, one of those things? And you're not going to be able to solve loneliness while you're standing there deciding whether you should order a ginger ale or a, a jack on the Jack and Coke. No, but I think maybe we have solved loneliness, Mike. 
Yes. I think this podcast is curing loneliness. It is. I think single-handedly. So single-handedly. some of the last um, notes I've, I took about this book, um, I have a bullet point where Gabor talks about maturity mm. uh, when it comes to recovering. And maturity has is a theme. And this is something that's been popping up in my research in the last year or so. This um, and that's what happens. The more I'm doing research, the more I have my head in recovery books and listening to podcasts. I'm processing ideas over weeks and months. That it's it's interesting. Like I have a short term uh, logics process where I'm thinking about things on a daily basis, how they're affecting me. But then I have ideas that are spinning around in in my head that are being kind of cultivated and thought about on a longer term basis. Where like every three or four weeks. You know, I'll change the way I see something. And one mm. of the, so when I'm tackling addiction and my addiction, the most recent thing I've been thinking more about is maturity and how that's changed. You know, how mature am I and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so he really, that really stuck out to me. This perpetual adolescence that yeah. we see in addicts. That's, that's a huge thing. It shows up in just about anybody with a substance abuse problem. It seems like they're almost fixated in a sta- in a in a developmental stage that's a few steps below where they should be. Yeah, and that goes back to what people have been saying to me forever that, oh, you stopped maturing when you started drugs. Mm. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but, you know, anecdotally, I think most of us agree with that. <laughs> that you stopped maturing when you started doing drugs? That I stopped maturing when <laughs> I started doing drugs. Right. Uh, well, I mean, there's maturing and there's maturing. Right, and they say that the addict doesn't doesn't grow hasn't grown past the narcissist narcissist phase in development, mm. which makes a lot of sense because you look at my kids, <clears throat> and little kids are narcissistic by nature, especially my ten year old whom I love. Yeah, it gets uh, worse when they're teenagers. Yeah, and he's a, as you know, I don't have a teen yet, <laughs> but I have a wannabe. Teen. You will. Um, but I have to say, he just texted me while we were talking. Can I use your skateboard? Is it okay if I use your wow. skateboard? Which. It's bizarre that nice he, of him to ask. Yeah, like so. Who knows? Maybe we're doing something right. Yeah. Um, truth speaking is another thing that comes up in Gabor Mate um, that made me think about um, honesty takes practice. It took me practice, and I agree with that's this honesty point. with yourself and with other people. Uh, uh, yes, because it sounds silly to have to like qualify what you mean by that, but some people uh, I don't know are, are lying to themselves, and you know, but can you lie to yourself and be honest with someone else? Maybe. But I think if you're tr- really trying to be an honest person, um, and and that's important to recovery. It's at least important in my recovery to tell on yourself, um, you know. To yourself. It, it, one thing that I do by telling on myself is if I'm, if I say what I plan to do out loud, I won't do it. Right. Like there's been a couple of times where, not recently, but. Um, I started to get this idea in my head that I wanted to go have a drink. Mm. I was going to go and I started planning it and I'm like, you know what? I pick up my phone and usually you call your sponsor if this, you know, most of most of us would call a sponsor or if you have one, I called my wife and I said, honey, I want a drink. Here's what I was going to do. And she wow, says, Jesus. And, and she goes, <laughs> well, don't do that. And I said, okay, I won't. And then we talked a little bit and that was it. That's and, great. Uh, and I found that those kinds of calls, I, a couple other times I did that. I wanted to drink. I was just started going to an AA meeting in town and I met this guy and I got some phone numbers and I barely knew him, but I felt like drinking and I didn't want to. I called that guy mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey man, it's, you know, Nat. And he goes, Oh, hey, what's up? And I said, Hey, I, I, I want to drink. And he goes, yeah, don't do that. I said, <laughs> okay, I won't. And he goes, great. You want to go to a meeting? I said, yeah. He goes, I'll pick you up. There's one at eight. And that's yeah. how I got through. And that's the great. beauty of the program. It is. I ha- I st- I've Just the sheer ubiquity of the, of the it's places that, you can go. And the people in the program yes. want to help you. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking, most of them, you know, they're not trying to get over on you. Uh, the problem occurs when they are. The problem is getting to the point inside yourself where you can make that call rather than Right. Ignore the little voice that's telling you to make that call yeah. and just go out and do what you're going to do. Well, that's that's the practice of AA. That's why they tell you if you have a to get a sponsor and you call that sponsor every day, no matter what, you know, even if you have nothing to report, that's what you call to say. You say, mm-hmm. hey, man, I'm just checking in. OK, great. Talk to you later. I mean, that's how I and then once you get in the habit of talking to this person every day when you really need them. It's not so hard to pick up that phone because you're yeah, used yeah, to doing good. it. Assuming your sponsor's not psychopath. Right. But um, that's life. Anyway, so this book was great. Um, uh, 
And uh, stress, 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 stress is the next bullet point. Stress reaction to trigger hormonal secretions and nervous discharges. Jesus. Stress hormones. <laughs> that sounds filthy. <laughs> Addiction. This is why I don't like doing a show from notes I wrote three weeks ago because... I, um, I, I need to apologize to the listeners because this was my doing. I um, I blame Mike. The, the last couple of days I've been out. I started 2021 with a horrendous toothache. And uh, so any of the energy I would usually put into um, working on the outline with uh, Nat, which admittedly is not a lot uh, since Nat tends to, to do the yeoman's work on the outline, has been consumed with the pain in my mouth. So uh, I do apologize for putting you in a position where you have to, you know, where we have to sort of re- reinvent the wheel. That's my fault. I'm going to speak for our audience and forgive you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So let's move on to the next thing. How long do we have? Um, we're at 50 minutes and okay. sat 10 seconds. I think we're ready for recovery in the, in the news. We are. Yeah! So... Yeah, so recovery in the news. This is an interesting thing. Um, recovery in the news this week originated as a posting that you might have thrown up somewhere. Where did I throw up again? In the, <laughs> you threw up on the Dopey Nation. What? Go on. Do you? Oh yes, yes. Do we want to do that or is that shy of the beef? Yeah, shy um, of the beef. You, I'll let you run with it. Whatever you want. Well, I just. Don't know if you're out, if you're out uh, on Dopey Nation as the person involved. behind. Do- uh, yes, you are right. We well, are especially since I'm not. Have you are. heard the new ad? We're doing an ad on Dopey. Thank you, Dave. Um, in the mid show, and um, which is a, is a big get for us. I'm very yeah. happy. Except you do anything with money. So I was I was <laughs> listening to it this morning, all excited. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna. And then Dave's like, so now the recovery in the Middle Ages, Nat. And then says my last name, and then <laughs> Nat, and then say, and he must have said my last name four times, and then says, you know, it was just like I was like, oh my god. <laughs> well, if they didn't know before. Cat they is know out now. of the mother grabbing bag, um, but it's it's no worries. I, I wasn't going hard on my anonymity to begin with. Um, All right, whatever. So a couple of days ago, you put up a, a, a post. A post. Uh, it was a news article on um, Shia LaBeouf. I guess, is that how you say that? I have no idea who this person is because I have no, uh, I really have very few You didn't watch stones. the Transformers movies? No, okay. and not like willingly. I may have gone. Shia, get- he was the original guy to get Megan Fox in that movie, which makes no sense. Really? He was also Mutt, Mutt Williams, maybe, from uh, the new Indiana Jones movie. Hmm. The Greaser. You didn't see the new Indiana Jones movie? No. By new, I mean, it's like 10 years old. No. Now. Okay. I, 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 He's just an annoying actor. So. Is he? Okay. Yeah. But you put a post up about him uh, investigating his people. His people said that he was investigating going to rehab. Yeah. Uh, what, ty- what type of rehab was um, was not made particularly clear because uh, I guess he had a relationship with something known as an FKA twig. What is that? Is that a person? FKA twigs? I think that's like a, a person's cool stage name. Okay. So just after Valentine's Day... 2019, the musician FKA Twigs was in a car speeding towards Los Angeles. At the wheel was her boyfriend, actor Shia LaBeouf. He was driving recklessly, she said in a lawsuit, removing his seatbelt and threatening to crash unless she professed her love for him. Um, wow. And I Cocaine's guess a hell of a drug. there was, all, yeah, well, there was also, in, in that article, there was also a lot of other stuff that he did that was, you know, I, I would... I don't even want to use the word borderline abusive because it just seems completely abusive. And then um, supposedly he was also killing stray dogs and yeah. he had anger management problems or and, you know, beating his girlfriends and whatever. And so he was also dating Sia, uh, S-I-A, I guess, mm-hmm. who I do know because she made a couple albums with Zero Seven, which is this great ambient group that if you've not heard of them, you should mm-hmm. definitely check out their albums. Um, and she backed up FKA Twigs and said, yeah, he really was a, a dickhead. And so I kind of got into it with uh, with some of the folks on the uh, on the Dopey Nation. Yeah, one had, guy was coming at me saying you, like, Perfect. yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I just, because I said, you know, I, I said, what did, your post was like, 
Um, Recovering the news, I think I said. Yeah, and I was like, well, what kind of, what kind of, um, what, what treats being an, ass, yeah, what an kind abusive of asshole? You, you go to for being an abusive <laughs> asshole. And then this guy was like, well, rehab. And I'm like, well, I, and I said, well, I think his problems run a little deeper than that. And then this other guy was Mr. like, Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, well, That's fuck, dude. I just, you know, I, know, I don't was... kill dogs and beat women and then, you know, get my Hollywood agent to sit, to peddle a story that I'm going to rehab because, you know, somebody will have sympathy for me rather than right. <laughs> victims. So I don't know. No, I yeah, don't it know. doesn't happen a lot on Dopey Nation. Most people are pretty laid back. Yeah, but it's fine. Whatever. Of course, I, it I happened to you. I didn't rise to the to the occasion. You I, I could have went back. You and, didn't you know, meet the moment. Did I did. You? I didn't, and and I'm proud of myself for not meeting the moment because I typically have a hair a hair trigger yeah. anger when it comes to anger fighting issues. with people on the internet. So I I have noticed that on parents' page and things. It's funny. <laughs> but I'm it, I'm getting better. You are. That's um, anyway. So back yeah. to Shia LaBeouf. Um, so, rehab. What? What? So he's investigating going to rehab, but investigating. I don't know anything about this guy, but somebody else uh, from the Dopey Nation said that you know his story. He, he came from a lot of abuse. Honey in his Boy background. is a movie he made about his childhood. Okay, that's on I think Netflix. And right what ha- what happened to him? Why is he? So, why did he go so far off of his? Uh, you know, sanity. I don't, nobody really knows. I mean, yeah. he probably has mental health problems. He's probably suffers with addiction and he's also, he, he got more, you know, like majorly famous and rich, like pretty quick and pretty young. So I hate when that happens, I know, right. It's a real <laughs> burden, but that's what he's saying. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, what, I guess the, the question that came up for me is, Oh, are people, uh, irredeemable? Like, you know, Never. this guy was accused of raping some women and stuff. And, and I'm right, like, like, well, is, what, what's rehab going to do for this guy? You know, if he's, I will always is he even believe, addicted to anything? I like, always believe in rehabilitation. The potential, I think everybody, except for maybe like clinical psychopaths who are, and even them, maybe they can be treated with ecstasy. <laughs> right, sure, why not? Well, I mean, we haven't even tried LSD on psychopaths no. recently. We should try. We should lobby next for that. week. We, we should, should collect <laughs> signatures of people who uh, I don't agree know with us. I, uh, you know, hopefully so F- Shia LaBeouf uh, finds some direction and that the 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 path to rehab is a real one and not just one that yeah. put out by your spin people and your PR people. And and incidentally, the name Shia LaBeouf is actually French for share the beef. I, I knew that's not true. LaBeouf was beef. <laughs> I didn't know shit. Okay. It's, it sounds funny though. But any case, so that's recovering the news. Yeah. And that brings us to another week of this week in weird. <laughs> God this week damn it. in weird. Yes. Oh, thank you. Incredibly rare armadillo species spotted in Bolivia. A team of conservationists in Bolivia managed to document an incredibly rare species of armadillo that is considered one of the most elusive creatures in the world. Hmm. The remarkable encounter reportedly occurred earlier this month when a farmer stumbled upon a puzzling pink animal, the likes of which he had never seen before in his life. A subsequent online investigation by the farmer's wife led her to suspect that the creature was a... Shakowan fairy armadillo. Wow. Uh, I shared her suspicion, which <laughs> caused quite the stir among experts in the area as the enigmatic animal has only been seen in the wild a handful of times. Shakowan fairy armadillo. Hmm. And that is this week in where What is a fairy armadillo? I don't know. How does it differ from a regular armadillo? I want to know more about fairy armadillos. And I would like to know why the farmer's wife is apparently some sort of a zoologist. Yeah. <laughs> This is a very, uh, this requires more investigation that is from coast to coast AM. Did she cut off his tail with a carving knife? Uh, could be, could be. Did he ever get it back? Like, um, who's the three blind mice I was going for? The <laughs> farmer's wife. You know. fact, See, good. I can't even give myself oh. one. It's because it's, it's terrible. Well, um, this has been a rough week. Uh, and that, <laughs> th- that's this week in weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he goes, Nobody really cares. <laughs> it's been a great year so far uh not for me but for me it's been a great year anyway guys i I mentioned i stepped in a pile of shit this morning yes did we talk about that not on the show but i but i i need need everybody to hear this i come downstairs 
my tooth is throbbing. I want to pull my face out with my bare hands. I go into the bathroom to, gra- to grab something to gargle with, and I put my foot down and slide right across the bathroom floor <sighs> on a big pile of pug shit. But you, did you have your shoes on? or Oh, no. You are barefoot? I was barefoot. Oh, yeah. my God. I've uh, done that so, before. Yeah. Oh, God. So, so far, that's been my 2021 so far. But that's, I'm not drinking, so there's, that's right. there's that. So thanks, everybody, for staying with us for the How new year. When this is over, we go do a little Coke. Right there with you, Dr. Phil. And um, vi- follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, tweet us a twat, you twit, yeah. uh, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. Please uh, subscribe, if you would. Also, please write us a review and give us five stars. We will read it. And visit us, lastly, at middleagesrecovery.com and submit your story for our new segment, uh, Tell Your Story. I got a new friend listening this week, by the way. Somebody I went to law school with, she... Uh, I sent her the link. She listened to it. She nice. uh, she liked it. She said she's gonna. She's not big on writing reviews, but we'll leave us five stars. I, and I said that's fine. We that's appreciate great. it. And um, lots of big things for uh, recovery in the Middle Ages this year. I've got a lot of big plans. A lot of great new guests. Ooh, what are we? A lot of stuff. Doing? I haven't even talked to you about everything that <laughs> that I've got in the in the in the right. in the pot right now. And as we say here, non proficiat perfectum. Uh, progress, not perfection. A happy New Year, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you, Aretha.